hello. James here with a unscheduled episode of the OCD Chronicles, a spook media production. And it's a special one too, because my friend Lily Bailey, author of the 2016 OCD memoir, Because We Are Bad, OCD and a Girl Lost in Thought, and host of Wednesday Night Community Resource, hashtag OCD Talk Hour, has got a new book out this week. It's called When I See Blue. It's out this Thursday on June 9th, and it's a story aimed at children about a 12-year-old boy with OCD called Ben. I'm sure that many of you listening to this podcast will think back to your childhood and remember how lost and confused you felt not understanding what was happening to you and why you were having such difficulty with thought and with worry. And so I think it's super inspiring that Lily has written this book, Be the Change You Want to See and all of that. Anyhow, I thought it about time that I got Lily on the podcast, her first time amazingly, and I'm really grateful that she took the time to speak to me last week to tell me more about the new book and what she's got planned next. Listen, we're friends, right? We're friends. Before we get to the interview, can you all do me a favour? Press pause on this podcast and scroll down to the rating system on the podcast player you listen to this on and give the OCD Chronicles a five-star rating. Please do that. It really helps the podcast get heard by more people because it'll rank better in the podcast charts. Also, I run a Substack. That's basically a blog that gets emailed to you at spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. I write about music there and film and telly and all sorts of other things that I'm interested in. But also OCD, which I imagine if you listen to this podcast, you will find most of interest. Yeah, go on, do all those things. But more than anything, it is after all why you're here. Enjoy this episode of the OCD Chronicles with my friend, your friend, author and advocate, the brilliant Lily Bailey. Well, let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your new book. When did you start writing it? I started writing it a few years ago, probably about five years ago, um, mainly because after I wrote Because We Are Bad, which is my memoir of living with OCD, but it's very much for adults, people would say, oh, are you, <laughs> when, can you, when are you going to write something that's suitable for my child with OCD or this young person I know who has OCD? And um, so after a, <laughs> after a while of that, I was like, I should really, I should really do this. And also, I think, I mean, anyone who's grown up with OCD knows this. It's really lonely and confusing. And I think it's kind of like the book I would have wanted. So basically, when people started asking for it, I sort of got my bum in gear. And that was a few years ago, um, uh, five years ago, I think it was. It's, yeah, it's been a process. I started writing it. My agent was really supportive. And then he pitched it around. And then there's the editing process. And now finally, it's coming out. Oh, nice. <laughs> Did your OCD manifest in childhood? Yeah, definitely. I um, I don't, I mean, I've, I, yeah, I always say I don't actually remember not having OCD. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it is, how it is for you, but I don't have any 
I don't have any memories of like that are not at least tinged with OCD being there, which sounds really negative. And I don't necessarily mean it like that. It's just such a part of my thought process. I don't really know how, like, I don't, it's, it, I can't remember a time when my brain was without it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I asked the question, you know, knowing a fair bit about the timeline from um, reading the memoir, I, I guess what I was thinking, I mean, with mine, it was quite, I don't know, it was sort of like a, like a, quite a gradual incline really towards my teens. Yeah. And I, I sort of wonder, like, how much when you were writing the book did you know about, I don't know, almost like when children find their way to an OCD diagnosis? Because uh, I imagine that would be especially terrifying not knowing what was happening to you. Yeah, I mean, so I have to say, sometimes I'm a bit jealous of the character Ben in my, in my, in when I see Blue because he is 12 and he um, gets a diagnosis around that time. Whereas um, I was 16 and okay, maybe four years, you can be like, oh, there's not much in it, but actually there kind of is. Um, Ben's experiences are quite similar to my own. We don't have exactly, exactly the same OCD because I sort of mixed it up a bit, but um, you know, a lot of the obsessions he has are, are either mine or similar. Um, and I kind of wrote him as a character in, in that he's similar to me. He probably doesn't really remember it ever not being a thing that he gets a, um, a diagnosis when he's uh, uh, age 12, um, which was, yeah, like I said, that was not quite my experience. But in terms of writing something for kids that age, I wanted to um, to be able to take them through the, the diagnosis process, even if, because I always, like, sometimes people say to me, oh, you know, I don't have a diagnosis. Can I still say I have OCD? And I do think, like, it, whether or not you get a diagnosed with OCD, and when you get diagnosed is often just so random and so lock of the draw and so depends on which professional you saw, which borough you were in, like who, like who you had the right conversation with, who signposted you in the right direction or whatever. So by Ben having that experience of getting a diagnosis, my hope is that like, because I know that not everyone gets a diagnosis at that age, but reading through it, if a child was in a similar situation that they might think, okay, that sounds kind of similar to me and not necessarily instantly be like, okay, I have OCD, but that it sort of, it sort of nudges them in the direction of maybe thinking more about that. If they're going, they're going through something similar. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, it was thorough. Lily is the way, is the way I would describe it. Um, I mean, you know, we both know that OCD is so, well, you know, could just be so frightening. Was that uh, anything that you discussed with your editor, publisher of how to write a story for kids, but without scaring the pants off them? Yeah. So this is this comes back to what I was saying about how it's like not entirely exactly the same as my my own personal OCD because so. Ben and I, there's some crossover between some of our obsessions and then there are some, and and some of the stuff I wrote for him is more what I was going through when I was the same age as him or what I've heard other children describe. And then there's very much like an area to which I didn't sort of delve too deeply in, in terms of like, I absolutely describe what intrusive thoughts are and Ben has intrusive thoughts about bad things happening to his family. But in because we are bad, the intrusive thoughts I describe are much more explicit, uh, often more sexual or violent. And the thing, the fact of the matter is, you can be 12 and have thoughts like that. 
but I, at the same time, yeah, it has to it has to be appropriate for sort of to go into a market and for anyone that age that age to read and and yeah, also as you say, not have the pants scared of them. I think there's enough there that you can read it, and if you're like in our team, like I don't know, I always think of like people with OCD as a bit of a squad, even if you don't know you're in it. You're in, you can kind of think, aha, and then maybe you can like look a bit further into it. But if you're not, and you're just reading this book because you're an empathetic child and you like this kind of literature, then it's not going to be, so, it's not going to be like really intense and scary and frightening for them. Because I have yeah. to remember that it's not only children with OCD who are going to read this. Anyway, any child can read it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Did you read, um, was, did, you, did you go and read a bunch of kids' books before you started or? I actually didn't um, read specific like kids books about um, OCD, because, <laughs> partly because I I know other writers have described this. I always get a bit obsessed that I'm going to like accidentally plagiarize all the content. But I did read um, a lot of middle grade and young adult books, um, some of which were like other other authors who are on the same like list, like publishing list as me with my publisher. Um, my publisher was amazing and sent me like a lot of books and that was really exciting because it was just an excuse to not that you should need an excuse this is another thing I think people should just read what they want to read and there's loads of adults who read young adult stuff and that's great but I hadn't sort of been into it much reading young adult stuff since I was a young adult and it was really nice to go back there um and and helpful as well to sort of be like okay this is the tone this is the vibe but yeah I've never read I I, what I'm quite looking forward to now is actually reading some other middle grade and young adult books about uh, people with OCD because I had the same thing with because we are bad I didn't let myself read any other memoirs of people with OCD till I had uh published it which is maybe something I should try and get over a bit but yeah no 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 that just makes sense to be honest like you know as I said to you I'm, I'm writing my book at the moment and I've been reading a few kind of mental health memoirs but uh I don't really I don't really know kind of what you get from that anyway like, I don't know how it really helps kind of shape what you're writing. I just guess with, like, kids' books, like, that that would be that would be something I just w- I would not know how to approach because I just haven't read that stuff for, for years, you know? I think it was really important for me to read some for that, for that exact reason. Um, there's uh, books like Break the Mold and The Boy at the Back of the Class and Moondog and... Uh, Diary of a Bad Feminist, I think it's called. Like, I, I, all of these books are sort of ranging from sort of maybe like nine to fifteen, and I just dived into them, and it, it was great. Amazing, really helpful. When you've been uh, talking about it on like on OCD Talk Hour and things like that, what's the response been to to writing a book for kids this age? Yeah, it's been amazing. Like, lots of people have said. You know, I wish I could get in a TARDIS or a time machine and give this book to little me. And I'm like, yes, this is this is why I I wrote it. And funnily enough, at this because it's not out until uh, June the 9th. So at this point, it hasn't been read by loads of kids, and that's like the audience that I'm primarily interested in. But I it has had a, a it had a review by a 12 year old, which I love. I think that more reviews for books for that age should be done by actual kids and it was a great review and he was a brilliant writer and that really made my that really made my day <laughs> oh, that's amazing i feel like i feel like if there's a, a a reprint the 
reviews from kids should go on the slide. Right? I, yeah, I feel like like who cares? <laughs> no, that's I've had loads of loads of lovely comments from adult bloggers and teachers and librarians, and that that also absolutely means the world. I don't, I'm, I'm just I'm joking, but fundamentally, like, I'll, I'll I'll say it for you. The kids, the, it's more about the kids. <laughs> the kids are all right. It's about the children. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, so how did the kid? I mean. How is is the kid got knowledge of insider trading? How did the kid get the whole of the book? It's a uh, there's a blog. I think it it, it I could trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it's called. But they get they get uh, children and teens to review books. And I think I because I, I tweeted out the link because I was like, oh god, if I was a teenager, I would or ten or whatever, I would absolutely love to do this. And so you can just um, you can message them and be like, hi, I'm a young reader and I would like to review books. And then they send you them and they put your reviews on their website. I can pretend I can pretend to be a kid to get free books. <laughs> Hello, I would like some books, please. <laughs> from Lily, age eight. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, your, your, your voice is really deep for a child, James. Oh. Um, were you a big reader as a kid? Yeah, massively. Um I think when I was younger, reading was one of my like primary escapes from OCD. Like sometimes there were times where I was just too compulsive to read. Um, and then I know lots of people describe this also. I would get like compulsions about reading and I think I had to finish on a certain word or read it a certain amount of times or retain the information, every single piece of information in the book. So I'd be reading it. So it wasn't always an amazing, amazing experience because sometimes my compulsions would attach to it. However, at the same time, there were times where I'd get so, you know, when you're just completely captivated by a book, mm. there were times where like a book would just take me somewhere. So like you'd just be so in it that actually the OCD would fade into the background. And those are actually some of my like probably like safest and happiest memories of being little, like being at my grandparents' house and sitting uh, in their spare bedroom and just like spending hours like, like just trawling through like Jacqueline Wilson and Lemony Snicket. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Caroline Lawrence. She did the Roman mysteries. They were amazing. She came to my school once and I lost my mind. Um, anything though, actually, I would kind of, I'd kind of read anything. I think I read A Clockwork Orange when I was about, well, too young to read it because I, I saw it and it was a thin book and it had like a cartoony clockwork picture on the front so I thought it was like a young adult book which it very much isn't how, how old were you I think I was probably about like 11 and then I read and I don't think I understood that much of it and then I reread it as an adult and was like I took a completely different thing away from, away from that right, right. yeah I'd pretty much read anything I could get my little mittens on yeah <laughs> I feel a little bit like uh god that is that is early for that book though I mean it's all in a different, like, you know, it's got, like, it's got its own kind of language going on. Nadsa, is it? Yeah, something, that sounds familiar, that sounds familiar. I know that the scene at the end where his, uh, spoiler alert, where uh, his eyes are, like, uh, held open, I'm gesticulating, with the, so that he can't stop watching. Yeah. That, like, stayed with me, and I did have nightmares about that. I use that as a metaphor for OCD all the time, that scene. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes loads of sense. It it absolutely does feel like that. It probably was not a good book for me to read at that point in time. Did you know, well, I don't know whether you know, but uh, who's who's the guy that plays uh, your main guy? Is it Malcolm, is it Malcolm McDowell? 
I've actually never seen the film. Oh, right, okay. I really want to. I don't know why I haven't seen the film. I I will go and watch it. Especially, I love horror and stuff like that. I should just watch it. He, um, yeah, he his uh, retina got scratched. Oh, man. Uh, and had to, uh, I think there was some kind of like legal stuff with Kubrick, who directed it. I've got a friend of mine who um, makes horror movies and it has made some you know, successful horror movies. And I've been talking to it for ages, like, oh, we should do this thing about OCD because it's the most frightening thing you could ever imagine. But I I can't, uh, I can't, I can't work out really how I can kind of convey it. And um, I'm finding a little bit when I'm writing my book, like I've got kind of like go-to metaphors to try and explain what OCD is like to someone who hasn't, who is fortunate enough to not have it. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like you're in your memoir, you were really good at that. Like a, a lot of it, just even kind of the pacing of the way that you kind of write things in terms of sort of the dull repetition of the thoughts. Like, have you struggled with how to convey the experience on page? Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess it will depend what like what readers have to say about that. Because uh, in when I see blue, like I, 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 there are like there are metaphors and stuff that I come back to, like. One of the things that uh, Ben talks about with his therapist is like his therapist, Dinesh, is like, you know, if a bully came up to you and asked for all your lunch money, what would you do? And Ben's like, well, I <laughs> I give it to him. And uh, Dinesh yeah. like face palm. But he's also like, OK, but then what would happen if you gave the bully all your lunch money? And Ben's like, well, he's probably going to come back tomorrow. And they have a conversation about this and how like when you engage with something that's scary, like. It, it and give it your attention and your like um what's the word your compliance and stuff that it that it kind of escalates that's a clever metaphor yeah that was kind of like yeah so I was, kind of, I was sort of thinking of, of like of visual ways that I that were age appropriate for children that I could that I could use because I think what I did more in because we are bad is to uh can convey things maybe in a more adult way that was like just to sort of say, oh, this is how it was. And I think you mentioned like the pages and pages of lists and that I would include. And I didn't think I thought that that would be that um, engaging for children or that helpful. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was kind of trying to work out like what would have been helpful for someone to have said to me. Although I, I do spend quite some time in When I See Blue, like outlining how his, how Ben's um, routines manifest themselves and like conveying the panic that he is going through um and that was very much like taken from my own experiences around a similar age have you thought about what ben would be like in 20 years <laughs> that's so funny i don't i don't know if i have but i'm gonna think about it now um i think that he he loves space he loves maths. He's really good at maths. And he's um, very into Doctor Who. This is so random, but I could almost see him doing like the like, uh, like building sets for Doctor Who, but and like sort of grasping things on a, on like a, a quite a complex engineering level. Um, do you, do you think effects and stuff? Do you think that he. Uh... Do you think that he has a happy life where he can manage the problems he's having? Yeah, I do, because I think one of the gifts I gave to Ben, <laughs> or afforded to him, is that he does receive early intervention from a therapist and he has um, people around him who are able to support him. Um, 
no, I mean, that doesn't actually always mean his parents necessarily. Like he has, like, he's not always well supported by his parents. Um, but he meets a really good friend at school. And I think you have the sense that they're going to be in it for the long haul together and that she really gets him. And he has a really good therapy experience. And um, I th- so I so I kind of wanted to give him those gifts. So he's like well set up for the future, which maybe sounds silly because he's not. No, it's not silly. Like it's but I realize he's a fictional character. But I, I do kind of I care about his, I do care about what happens to him. Oh, no, no, I, I, I can totally understand that. I think I'm quite jealous of Ben now. To be yeah. <laughs> Must be nice, Ben. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I guess, though, that that's almost the contribution that um people like yourself can make though in trying to well like you say you know give people give young people things that maybe we didn't have yeah and I mean I think that there also needs to be space and lots of space made to talk about uh children and young people who don't have good therapy experiences who are not signposted in the right direction um because that's just so it's just so common but I think with Ben, what I was trying to do was like to, and it's not a perfect therapy experience because he has to, Ben waits quite a long time to be seen through CAMS. And he's like, have they, which is a child and adolescent mental health services. And he's like, oh, if they've just forgotten about me then. And he doesn't actually get that many sessions. And he's quite nervous about what's going to happen when it all ends. And he realizes that he would have to go back on a big waiting list and it would be really stressful. So it's not sort of perfect because that wouldn't be an accurate representation of what the process is like our country but it is it's up there with the better experiences that you would hear about and I think what I really wanted to do there was that for kids who may not have that experience they may have been unlucky and or whatever they can it's it's not a substitute for therapy of course but I think that like I would get a lot of comfort from being from from being seen and understood and also by supportive and caring adults in books I read when I was younger so in a way, like I feel like Dinesh is like he's a counsellor and mentor for like anyone who reads the book who needs him. Right. So that's why I did it like that. Amazing. So when's it out again, remind me? It is out on June the 9th. What's the next thing you're gonna write? I'm writing a sequel. Ah. I don't know if it will be a direct sequel to When I See Blue or another middle grade book, but there will be another one. Thanks for chatting to me. I hope the book is an enormous success. Thank you so much for having me on.